You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for biohacking women over 50. I'm your host, Zora Benamu, a digital nomad, certified sports nutrition and breathing coach, and master student of gerontology at the University of Southern California. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan, the cookbook Eating for Longevity, and a new upcoming program, Energy Reboot for Women 50+. Plus. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and I would totally appreciate it if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcast to help others find us too. This is a small but very critical gesture that makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast for older women and to help us grow stronger and really get our voice out there and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. Before we start, I am so excited to announce that I have been invited to speak at the Biohacking Congress in Boston on June 11th, 2022. And I'm going to be speaking about a topic that rarely gets attention in the biohacking community, and that's biohacking for women who are over 50, which looks at the specific health needs and the solutions for older women. And I'll be giving hacks to this audience that is often overlooked, but this is also valuable insight to the younger biohackers about what they could expect for their future selves. So join me on June 11th and get your tickets at biohackingcongress.com and use the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, for 20% off both the live and virtual congresses. I'll also include a link in the show notes for you, so don't worry. And if you can't make it in June, there will be many other amazing speakers at the biohacking congresses in Las Vegas in March and Miami in October. And you can still use that discount code Zora for those events too. This episode is sponsored by Primadine, a supplement that if I had to choose only one, it would pretty much be this one. It's because Primadine is spermidine, and this has been shown to activate autophagy, which is super important, and it's basically a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. When we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and a lot of waste, and this isn't really great for us, so we need to clean it up. So if you want some research, go to primadine.com, and you can see all of it supporting cognitive health and heart health, hormone balancing, and long and strong hair, nails, and eyelashes by using spermidine. So another very important reason why I love primidine in particular so much is that I've never had received ever as much feedback about a product as I have with primidine. Literally several times a week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And most of the time it's about improved sleep. So I can honestly say that I can 100% be convinced now that primidine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on primadine.com. And that's P-R-I-M-E-A-D-I-N-E.com. Now enjoy the show. 
So welcome to the Hack My Age webinar, webinar and, and podcast. Today we're speaking with nutritionist Marina Matkova about psychedelics and breath work and how this can help us understand our health better. Marina is from Latvia, but she's now living in Monaco and she completed her master's of science in nutrition and health and became the first biohacker in Monaco to collaborate with local doctors and a VIP clientele. She's a public speaker at various international congresses and continues continually updates her knowledge in conferences and courses, such as those from Harvard's Medical University, where she studied neuroscience. She's also a facilitator of ayahuasca ceremonies, which we'll talk about what that is later on, and Kudalini, holotropic breath, breathing meditations, and consults with spiritual mentors. She also brings her personal clients to the ceremonies and to reach another level of health. So this is someone who understands the science behind what we're going to be talking about. This is not a, just a bunch of hippies <laughs> saying you should try this or not try this. So without further ado, uh, welcome, Marina. Hello, hello, Zora. Thank you for such a nice introduction. I feel glorified. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me here. And you're definitely uh, one of my latest idols. And I really appreciate what you do. And I wish my mom would be like you and <laughs> so someone that uh, advocates the health and uh, active lifestyle and is interested in like all kinds of alternative aspects. And yeah, this is where the consciousness expands and this is where the health goes up. So thank you. I mm. will try to keep up with your expectations for today. Oh, I have no doubt. No doubt. I think before we start talking about psychedelics versus breathwork and this stuff, what, let's define it. What are, we, what are we talking about here? What kind of psychedelics, what is a psychedelic and what does that really mean? Which ones will we talk about? Today, we will talk mainly about uh, ayahuasca because mm -hmm. it's the one that I've tried, but obviously I've did the research and I've spoke with the shamans about other substances as well. So what's psychedelic? Yes, it's the substance that you either ingest or inhale. Yes, you can smoke, you can use a vaporizer or whatever uh, that interacts with your brain. Yes, with your neurotransmitters and the uh, brings you to the outer state of consciousness yes you can have some visuals so you can have uh, we we don't call it hallucinations because hallucinations is really something else yes visions that is called during the uh, ceremonies or during the uh, taking some su substances is something absolutely different yes it can be uh, colorful patterns uh, uh, and after that Basically, you, you feel more connected with yourself and kind of if you go through those cartoons, then you get to that uh, feeling of expansion, your reconnection with your soul, with your mind, you, you, you're seeing like it's, it's a great uh, feeling of uh, introspection, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically this visual parts, yes, this is what takes... Uh, like a let's say negative side of psychedelics because uh, some people can use them just for the recreational purpose yes mm. uh, party ibiza or wherever yeah you, 
that's uh, the downside of it, yeah. But if you go consciously with a purpose, with an intention, everything is symbolic. So the visions that you see, you can grasp out the symbolic for yourself. And because the the effect lasts from, let's say, if if we talk about uh, Buffo Alvarius that you smoke, it can be from like 20 minutes to one hour or ayahuasca ceremony that can last like eight hours. Yeah, or iboga ceremony that can last even more. Uh, yeah, that you will have time for everything. You can also look a little bit the cartoons. Nothing bad in it. <laughs> Tell me then. Okay, so this sounds like a substance. It sounds like drugs. It's um, how are you even involved with this? Is is someone who studied say neuroscience from Harvard or somebody is a is a master's in science and nutrition? How did you even get involved with this and why, why should we consider this? As I'm, and I'm talking about therapeutic. I'm not talking about a trip because it sounds like a trip. Uh, thank you for this question. Yeah, it's, it's a very guiding question. Yeah. So basically, I start to work with the patients and uh, I like to work in the team. So I work with some world leading doctors and we we uh, kind of collaborate with a patient together and we do conciliums. So there's different specialists uh, involved. But I, I saw, because sometimes I'm also working as an assistant. So I'm assisting a patient. So I'm working for both. I'm working for a doctor and for the patient in the same time. So during the consultations, I saw that there's no, like, let's say there's no spirit, there's no feeling inside of the treatment. And sometimes even if you correct all the bioparameters of the body, like let's put your sugar very stable, let's give you super antioxidants, let's make for you all genetic tests, let's measure your telomeres. Yes, let's put your body in the perfect condition. Yes. And I saw that still some patients are like, oh, I'm feeling kind of down and my, my, I'm still like, for example, you do genetic tests and you see that you have predisposition to low serotonin and you can take some uh, supplements that will help you. Yes, like uh, Griffonia, 5-HTP or tryptophan or sacred basilic, yes, the Tulsi. And you will feel kind of better, but it will not treat your soul. So... I saw that I need to do something about it. And I was searching the ways uh, like the breath work meditation and then kind of they say that uh, ayahuasca, it will call you. Yes, you, you don't search for it. It somehow like starts to appear somewhere like uh, then, then you do a little search and you look the videos on YouTube. And so kind of it, it calls you. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the. Uh, Time from the calling until the ceremony can be very different. I've seen people jump into the ceremony like just after one day. And I've, like my, my path was, let's say, two years from the first time I heard about ayahuasca and I kind of started to search information, scientific information, till I went to the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of you work with your darkies and you fight through the fear. You yeah. told me you had read a lot of studies before you decided to do this. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. I, I went to PubMed uh, where I read all the scientific works. For, for that moment, it was uh, like a few years ago. So I, I found 300 studies 
and I was scrolling through all them. I was reading the abstracts and I was looking for the reason why not to do that. And yeah, so I was, I was Googling uh, death during the ayahuasca ceremony. And so that happens all in your brain. So your mind, your ego is stopping you from that. And um, my baby was eight months old when I went to the ceremony, uh, thanks to my mother. Although my mother was uh, strictly against it, like like a few years ago, but then somehow, like as a mother, she felt that I needed, and she was like, "Come on, organize, go! I will come. I will take care of the child. Go!" And so I did. So I want to tell you and for everyone that the fear you you keep till the first glass you digest, <laughs> you drink. So even when you hold the little cup you still have this fear and, and when you drink and you sit and wait for the effect so that's why uh, my dearest shaman Antonio Siano he definitely says he doesn't take anyone less for two ceremonies because the first one you will definitely have this effect of the fear following you mm-hmm. and you might not get all the spectrum of uh, unity with this world and the expansion of your inner self so the second ceremony you go more brave you know i didn't die last night so (laughs) i won't die this night too (laughs) yes your body your brain i guess just wants to know that it's safe what is a ceremony explain what that means so the ceremony is uh, a settlement uh, that normally organize the shaman and facilitators organizers yes so I can speak only about the ceremonies where the shaman is present. We call it shaman. It's a mentor. It's a mental coach. Yes. Who has permission from the real shamans from Amazonia or a lot of people do it in the Amazonia where you can have a native shaman or sometimes shamans travels to Europe as well. So this started in Amazonia, this whole ritual of ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, ayahuasca itself is a mixture of the bark of the liana tree. So it's a bark and stem of the liana tree. The shaman goes to the forest and he picks the liana tree and yeah, then he he chunks it to the small pieces. And uh, the liana tree itself, it doesn't have any psychedelics. Yes, it has only a very strong alkaloids, uh, harmine and harmaline. So the liana, you mix it with the leaves of chakruna. It's a kind of a bush, yes? So the chakruna has itself the DMT molecule. So it's N-N-dimethyltryptamine. Yes, that is psychedelic substance. Yes, so the mixture of those two is boiling for 24 or 48 hours. Yes, so it's shamans who bruise the drink. That's why the drinks are so different. It's never the same concentration, never the same amount. So I just looking in the PubMed, I also f- picked uh, one study that was comparing 120 samples from ayahuasca all around the world. And the con- consistency was absolutely different. Uh, so it's very interesting. So could that be really dangerous then if you don't really know what the concentration is? As, you're, as a shaman, you don't really know what you're giving, do you? Well. The people who do the the brew, yes, they are like they know what they do. It's like uh, it's such an ethnogenic, let's say, heritage. Yes, that they they don't want it harm someone, so they are preparing it very well. Yes, and 
basically if even the bottle of ayahuasca travels to the Europe, normally uh, like uh, the shaman or his assistants will try it on, on themselves first. That's why we do staff retreats as well. Oh, so the shaman will test it out, okay, before hurting yes. your clients or something. If, they, if the shaman doesn't wake up, he knows it was a bad batch, then. <laughs> to Amazonia, you can also go to kind of like ayahuasca tastings. So like try different ones, just a small uh, sip. And uh, yeah, it will not bring you in the super psychedelic state, but it will give you like just a slight uh, relaxation and meditative state. When you looked at all of these 300 something studies, where do the labs get their ayahuasca from? Well, it get it travels from Amazonia. Yeah, even if you you can just have like liana tree and the chacruna comes in the separate packages and then the shaman can brew it here. Yes, so a lot of European shamans they they boil it here so no but in the studies themselves do you do you notice where they're actually getting their ayahuasca from in, in the in the lab studies are taking from the places where they hold the ceremonies yes so it's the samples from every country i think in every country there's some okay. level are more open because in some countries it's more legal in some countries it's absolutely uh, illegal but as I see, it's happening almost everywhere. So, so why, would, why would a country make this illegal? Well, as, uh, as there is a precaution for the re uh, recreative usage and uh, still uh, like the psychedelics are drugs. So, yeah. It's are just they not regulated then? Like, like maybe that's the thing. Are, yeah. are, as ayahuasca, like you can't go into a health shop and get it. Like you have to... No. So if these are not regulated, that's probably why a lot of countries maybe don't well, want. Very strange because when I was doing my research in this scientific PubMed, for example, Iboga, yes, that is other type, uh, let's say African psychedelic medicine. It has 432 studies, yes, and it's used, uh, the active molecule ibogin is used for the heroin addictions in the clinics worldwide yes that's why it has more studies although there's for example combo that is frog poison yes that you you burn the skin and then you put some frog poison on your on, on your body parts yes and then you have excess vomiting and uh, it's very strong antibiotic and anti parasitic ingredient that has only 62 studies and it has really more negative studies like there's more mortality there's more like a kidney function failure and stuff like that but it's legal there's no one there's very little countries in the world where combo would be uh, not legal so mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense ayahuasca that is in my opinion is not so dangerous has more cases Yes, uh, of let's say death and uh, or like sickness related to to after ceremony, yeah. But it's legal, so as everything, world is not logic. Hey, 
I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hack my age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. Walk us through then what the ceremony means, because all we understand is there's some kind of ritual. There's a guy, the expert or the shaman who guides you through it. We drink something or burn something on your arm. But what happens then? What's, is there any pre, I don't know, uh, filtering of people or before you start yeah. and when you go through it? How, is it one day, two days, three days? In my opinion, what is the best is um, private retreats when there is one person and the shaman and his assistants, or it's a family. Like, let's say you, your husband and your kids. That, that's amazing, yes? Although the most popular are like group ceremonies because it can be cheaper and, uh, and it's more fun, yes? So there's some um, food recommendations to follow before the ceremony. It's uh, the foods that contains tiamine, yes, the amino acid. I mean, like uh, there's a lot in grains, in cheese, in in some of the fruits. Uh, Yeah, so it's better to avoid those products. Although, like I played with myself, there's not so much difference. Like it's the ayahuasca uh, will bring you in such a state that maybe you prepared for two weeks, you had only juice diet and nothing else. And you will have a horrible ceremony with a stomach ache, vomiting and cleansing, but it is your path. And maybe you ate like my friend before ceremony, she ate meat. She, she had like a really bad times she ate some chocolate and stuff like that and she didn't have any stomach issues and she had beautiful ceremony so let's say it's like so individual that in europe uh is it in europe it happens let's say in more soft version because uh, european shamans they kind of they know european mentality and they will digest it for you like let's say they will prepare you better then uh, if you go to Amazonia and, and the shaman will just give you a huge cup of ayahuasca, drink it all and like vomit and have a diarrhea. Like in Europe, usually uh, the shaman will be more cautious and he will just give you like a little cup and he will see your reaction and then you can have a second portion and maybe a third portion. Mm. So that's the, uh, the preparation before is basically the diet some of like Shipibo um, tribe, they also ask not to do any sexual contact. Uh, and so the preparation depends of the, of the shaman, let's say, of the, of the place where you go for the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then what happens when you, you go into, so you, you have the ceremony either in your own home or you go somewhere, you register, I guess, and then well, you just drink this stuff and... Private retreat, yes. If it's a private retreat for you, um, shaman can come to your home or it can be a, like a place near your house. Like sometimes it's good to get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it's also good to do it at your home. Like uh, I've done it at home and I, 
it was a beautiful experience. And either there's a retreat centers. Yes, I can recommend only the one that I went and it's in Italy near the Lake Maggiore. Mm-hmm. It's a center called Ava. Yes, so it's a beautiful place. And uh, so you arrive and uh, people uh, are settling in the rooms. Yes, and it's very important to have a good place where you can feel relaxed. Uh, sometimes if it's a big retreat when there's like, let's say, 30 or 50 or 100 people, obviously you cannot get individual room. So it will be like more beds or even mattresses, but all doesn't matter. Uh, the food during the retreat, retreat is usually during three days or four days. Yes, you get uh, very healthy food. Yes, mostly only plant-based. Yes, uh, maybe there will be some omelette, uh, yes, some eggs, but mostly vegan, yes, uh, definitely no, no meat, no fish. So it's very light food, uh, although it's nurturing your body and you feel very saturated. Also, it's good not to eat before ceremony, to not have something in your stomach that will block uh, ayahuasca from absorption and getting to your brain where all the pleasure happens. Yeah, so basically uh, every retreat starts with settling the intention. Before that, usually there's always, before there's the interview with the participants, like knowledgeable shamans and their assistants will ask all the health conditions. If person is using some medication, because everything is important, definitely I wouldn't recommend ayahuasca if you're taking very serious medication. Although shaman can evaluate, And he can say, okay, this medication you can stop for certain days before. Uh, This medication, like, okay, don't stop at all. From a chemical point of view, there's not much interactions. It's more interaction if you're taking some antidepressants or other, let's say, um, like Prozac or Xanax or something like that. So as I understand, tell me what kind of clients you recommend, because I understand that some people do ayahuasca when they are have depression or anxiety or have some issues with themselves. Like what, what, so if they, if they are on these medications, then they can't do ayahuasca, well, right? Because like to reach something, you need to, you know, you need to sacrifice something. So they are asked not to take the medication like two days or three days before mm-hmm. now it's better not to take a supplements like i'm still playing because it's curious for me like okay if i take magnesium and then i take uh, ayahuasca or if i take gaba would it prolong the the effect of ayahuasca so I, i'm playing around it i will be honest mm-hmm. uh, so what yeah. kind of clients are you recommending to do this what's other issues why would somebody even consider doing ayahuasca Well, if we speak from the illnesses or like conditions, from scientific point of view, they see improvement in the depression, anxiety, addictions, grief. This is like, let's say, the conditions. Other part of the people that do ayahuasca is already well prepared, well settled, good health, and that just they want to have a next level. So like a total expansion total unity and like switching the your perception of the world from like 3d to 5d and just after the ceremonies you 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 feel 
different and you feel like deep in everywhere you go you can connect with everything you can uh, see the meaning uh, yeah the meaningfulness yes the definitely goes up yes openness yes so when it, let's say you get somebody who's healthy or a biohacker or somebody who's just generally you know in good health you said it's for them to take them to the next level what does that mean what what do they what will they benefit from what will they get just from doing this experience what they will definitely get what they uh, they will get their path yes they will see they will see their entity from outside yes they're like kind of you see also all the generation before you so each each experience is very different you might go there with certain uh, intention yes so uh, i definitely it's not that i uh, popularize ayahuasca like people come talk to me about that because it's calling you yes so uh, when somebody is interested oh i would like to know more about ayahuasca okay like what's going on in your life what is something that you want to work on so this is the intention and that's why also the uh, shaman that i do my ceremonies with he's uh, he can refuse people yes if your intention is not clear if your uh, intention is wrong yes if you want to be powerful you want to earn more money that's very uh, shallow intention i you ask uh, so uh, okay we i remember that i didn't tell about the ceremony so just quick step back it starts with uh, setting the intention then usually shaman tells like some life stories yes it can be something about harmony about balance every uh, um, retreat has also the team the sexuality or uh, reloading or um, resolution so every uh, retreat has a name and uh, so then everybody drinks their first cup and the first half hour you're just sitting still or lying down and you meditate definitely my skills of meditation went sky high after the ceremonies because kind of your brain remembers the state and if you're uh, if you're lucky you can always get back to this state yes mm-hmm. and you can but now it's often that i'm just before going to sleep i'm putting myself in meditative state and i'm inviting the visions to come and uh, it's very interesting same mm. like a work that you will tell so the ceremony begins with the first cup with the meditation and after half hour 40 minutes you might start to see some graphics some some silhouettes you might feel for me usually it's very like physical like i start to see like maybe some pain some tension like you can follow where is the tension points yes uh, I definitely uh, see the answer for my intention that I settle before the ceremony. I see it in the first half hour. Like so I got Give us an example. Like what would somebody set an intention for and then what do they see? Okay, so my last uh, retreat my intention was how I can harmonize in myself uh, four expressions of me that are myself yes as a woman is enjoying life a woman a wife of my husband then a mother and then a working creature oh, finding a work life balance yes 
the work life like a businesswoman, let's say business superwoman. So how these four elements can be uh, organic, can be uh, like floating and uh, just flowing, <laughs> flowing, yes, and be balanced and harmony because you are the same, your mother and the wife and the business, and it takes you all. And sometimes you don't put yourself on the first position. And for me, definitely now is like, I am number one. I am first the woman, first enjoying my life, and then everything else. So how did you see that in a vision or a sensation? So it was the first, like half hour, so I'm meditating, and suddenly I see Jesus Christ like right in front of me, like with my eyes closed, I see Jesus Christ. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What should I I do with you? Hello, Jesus. (laughs) Yes. uh, I'm not very religious. Yes. uh, So like, okay. And then he shows me the crust. Yes. The crust. I'm like, okay, the crust. And then I understood this is that those four expressions of me, yes, on each side of the crust, okay? Mm-hmm. And in the middle, they are connected. So I'm like, the balance, the harmony that I was searching is already there. I'm like, okay, thank you. Interpreted that, you understood that and interpreted it just fine. You didn't need to explain, you know, if I saw that, I would be like, talk, talk to the shaman saying, I, what does that mean? I have no idea. You, did yeah. you figure that out yourself? Mind, where like it's not your mind giving you the answer it's your subconscious mind giving you the answer yes so you're like uh, the cortex is blocked so you go straight to the neocortex yeah and hypothalamus as well ayahuasca is very kind with me uh, as it shows the answer like in first half hour and then it shows me the rest like uh, so it's like here's your answer and now let me show you the rest but every time the experience is so, so different and it's difficult to explain it in the word, words. So it's really nice to write all the insights you get on the paper next morning. So this is what I do. Like I run, write them down. Like I put the questions that I have before the ceremony and, and then I write down the answers that I got. For example, last ceremony I had, I wrote 21 questions, but I got like five answers. Mm-hmm. But it was only for five questions. So, yeah, it was like I got these five answers and then it was like concentrate on that. Like stop going like these 20 questions. Get over it. Mm-hmm. Concentrate the first five. So then what's happening in the brain to people who go there to do an ayahuasca or any kind of psychedelic for that matter? What's happening in the brain for people who are addicts? say, for example, and I know you studied the neuroscience in Harvard, and I'd like you to share a little bit what you've learned there. Yeah, so when I did my Harvard studies in the neuroscience, and the last lesson uh, was a video about the psychedelics uh, from the uh, Harvard professors and uh, Professor Cox. And uh, I was really surprised with that. And it gave me kind of confirmation about the necessity of this therapy, yes. Uh, Harvard professors, they talk about the psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. Yes, so basically you take the substance, it can be DMT, it can be LSD, it can be ecstasy, yeah, MDMA, yes, and then you 
speak with psychotherapist. Yeah, and this therapy was very, very popular in 70s during the hippie times. And then kind of with the law that it's drugs and stuff like that, the research were put away. And only now it's coming back with, uh, well, there were still some research going on, but it was not subsidized, was not paid. So there were no uh, big research. But then uh, they found out that for the veterans, for the war veterans, if they use ayahuasca or LSD or DMT or whatever other substances, the costs for the government is less than if they do just a regular therapy. It takes more. We usually say that one ayahuasca ceremony can replace 10 years of psychotherapy. Okay, that's worth doing. (laughs) Also my case, I was working with psychologists and I told him that I'm going to do the retreat with ayahuasca. And he was like, no, no, you shouldn't do. I was like, you shouldn't tell me that. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't tell me what to do and what not to do. I was like, no, no, no. I was surprised with that. And then after the first retreat, I had one more consultation with him. And I told him, this is our last consultation because for the moment I worked everything through. I'm really, really grateful for you that we spend like half year working on issues, but I couldn't feel them through. And then in, during one retreat, I felt everything through. Like my first ceremony ever was the question, I want to feel fear. I want to feel fear. I'm hiding fear. I, sometimes I put m- myself like numb, not mm-hmm. to feel fear or not to feel mm-hmm. pain. So tell me a little bit as well. So the, what happens, you said uh, you throw up or you may throw up or you may feel bad or you may have digestive issues. It doesn't sound very attractive. What, does that happen to a lot of people most of the time, some of the time? And why is that happening? Yeah, if we speak about the purging. So if we get to the like, first cup beginning of the ceremony, then the meditation, then you start to see visuals. Usually... A shaman is playing music or there's a music going on from the loudspeakers. So it helps you to go through your experience. Yes. And the moments when you get, let's say, uh, when you go through some breakthrough, someone can experience vomiting and uh, uh, because the alkaloids from the liana tree, uh, let's say they are making body very alkaline. So is your um, stomach juice is starting to produce again, like you can experience some vomiting, but let's say we call it a blessing. It's totally blessing. Uh, unfortunately, I never experienced uh, this vomiting. Uh, and I saw very rarely that someone from the ceremonies do. Someone really, let's say, enjoy it because like kind of after you, vomit all your fear all your tension and it's a super small quantity maybe it it feels like you vomited like a half room yes (laughs) and everything dirty but in the morning when you look your little ball it will be just like little spit yes so so it's crazy and and that's why it's called and then you when you finally like put it out out then you're kind of ah and you can get on the next level You didn't answer the question. I wanted if you under and if you don't know, that's okay too. What is happening in the brain to somebody who's doing ayahuasca who has an addiction? Like, why do some people stop drugs or smoking or whatever it is that they 
do in when they're doing an ayahuasca? Uh, well, what's happening in the brain, like as you have the access to your subconscious mind, you see the reason why you do that. Yes, uh, definitely you see the reason and, and you see that there's no reason for you to do that. After the retreat, you just like you don't have wish to do that anymore. That's why like some people stop using alcohol, some people stop smoking. Although I know people who, who still smoke after the ceremonies, who likes to finish the ceremony with a cigarette. It's still their path. What we know about the brain is so little. And as I'm working uh, with neurotransmitter tests, yes, I, I test the neurotransmitters in the urine. Also, when we speak about ayahuasca, we speak about certain neurotransmitters as it is serotonergic receptor and non-serotonergic receptor, sorry. And, um, but it's so little that we know that I don't want to limit the information on that because we just know a few neurotransmitters in our brain, but there's really thousands of them. Connections are going so fast and there's like so many things happening in the brain that we don't know yet that it will be just not fair to speak that those little reactions that are scientifically proven, yes, we can say that the serotonin levels of ayahuasca users, they raised up and they didn't fell back down after one month. So there was a study so that shows in one month and in half year. So even after half year of doing ayahuasca retreat, you still had your serotonin level higher. Mm. Although you use antidepressants, yes, your serotonin can, can go higher, but it will drop very quickly if you stop using. That's the effect of, of ayahuasca that, yeah, you just generally you see the reason to feel more happy, but it's not only that. Let's talk a little bit about breath work now and um, yeah. can just to compare the two, because when I hear about ayahuasca or psychedelics in general, um, it sounds very much like my experience with breath work. And when I say my experience, I uh, meaning my personal experience as well as the experience with my clients and the what I have seen in, in groups. And when I talk about breath work, breath work is like saying yoga. Well, what does that mean? There's a hundred and one ways to do yoga and there's a hundred and one ways to, to do breath work. So when we compare psychedelics and breath work, I'm ta not talking about just the regular deep breathing that you do in a yoga class. I'm talking about more of a holotropic breath work where you have this, you, you breathe quite quickly and you are getting into hypoxia state and, and you get this other, you reach another level of your consciousness. And when I hear about these psychedelics, I think, well, wow, it sounds very much like holotropic breath work or sometimes called rebirthing breath work. Why would you do those psychedelics when you can do breath work without the vomiting or potential to vomit, or maybe the, the fear of drinking something that's a poison, or you would think is a poison, obviously it's not, but, um, or unless it's a frog poison, but you have these, all these fears that come with the psychedelics and with a breath work for a similar effect it sounds it would be much safer to do breath work. My question then is, you've done breath work too. What benefits would you get from psychedelics that you wouldn't from breath work or vice versa? 
Thank you for uh, turning this more to the breath work as well. Yeah, I've done the breath work and I also saw the visions and they were very strong. And I did also the research in the PubMed um, scientific uh, database. And I only found, unfortunately, six scientific works about uh, breath work, although they uh, advocate that it treats alcoholism. Uh, yes, it's uh, in in Russia. There were scientists that uh, are treating alcoholism with breath work, with a holotropic breath work. Also, uh, that it rises self awareness. That's for sure. Also, the teacher that I've done the breath work with, she've done ayahuasca. She went for one retreat there to the same Ava Center. Yes, in Italy. Yeah, she. She's a big advocate for the breath work, but she's done ayahuasca just to compare, you know. So, yeah, they are both working uh, towards the self-awareness to development and cognitive flexibility. Obviously, I think ayahuasca is a little bit stronger because, yeah, it's, it's definitely the, that you're digesting something, you're taking the molecules. So, yeah, there's a like input from outside, but breathwork definitely is, uh, let's say, safer version, maybe not so deep, maybe not so profound, but still valid. And, and it's maybe- also a time saver, I think, because usually when we talk about holotropic breathwork ceremonies, let's say you usually do yeah. this kind of the first time you, you, you do the holotropic breathwork, I wouldn't recommend you do it at home or online or something. It's always good to do it with a facilitator and you do it as a group it usually lasts about three hours in total by the time you set up and lay down and and then you go through the 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 actual breath work lasts about one hour and then there's an hour more or less of sharing and if you've got a lot of people it lasts a long time but if it's just yourself then it's quite short so it's not like it's a three-day ceremony it's not you don't have to spend a lot of money here in Spain I've done it for 15 euros <laughs> and this ceremony if you go to a retreat of course it's a lot more expensive you have to fly somewhere or you need a hotel room and you need to pay for food and all this stuff so sometimes I wonder you know I've seen breakthroughs through my clients and through people I give health retreats at Phuket cleanse in in Thailand and I've seen so many people go through not only my clients but the other guests of the the retreat and you see change. And I brought my clients who I just couldn't budge anymore. I just said, you know what, diet, lifestyle, exercise, stress, you know, sleep, it's not working as anymore. It's just, we've reached a plateau. And I know there's something very deep inside this person. I'm not a psychologist. I recommend therapy, but if they don't seem to move, but when I brought them to the retreat, they're completely changed through the breath work. And I'm just amazed. I never heard about this stuff. I didn't know anything about it. When I first did my breath work, the first we called it rebirthing breath work, I had no idea what I was getting into. It wasn't explained to me. And I was on definitely a trip. I didn't even understand what was going on. And in retrospect, if I knew I would Knowing myself, I think I would have completely freaked out, opened my eyes and ran out of the room because it sounds so crazy. But on the other end, coming out on the other end, I was really blown away. I was able to reach a different level. I didn't know my mind could go somewhere else. I just had no clue. So from someone who's healthy or doesn't have sort of issues, real real deep, dark issues to deal with, I, I thought it was exciting and it was more 
of an experience and and I'm curious to do more. And if anything comes up, I guess questions and issues, then definitely would go back to it. So I've seen a lot of benefit. Breathwork to me is is a lifesaver for so many people. And it's definitely worth trying out. But I guess you I mean my recommendation is to please do it as a group. Now when I compare the two, so with breath work, it's cheaper, it's shorter, and you still get some great benefits with the ayahuasca and the other, the other types of psychedelics, which I don't have as much experience about. I remember you telling you may have, okay, it's, you may have a deeper experience and you maybe have a sooner or faster breakthrough. When I did, I would say in a group of 10 people doing a breath work class, I would say one, no, I'd say eight people had an experience two like nothing at all. And one person would have a major breakthrough. Okay. So that's just my experience. I don't know what the studies show. I know that there's very few studies in, in this field, but what would you say in terms of the psychedelics? What are the, the statistics on that in your experience? Yeah, if to compare the experience of breath work and psychedelics, it's like during the breath work, maybe you will have one insight or like few insights. Although during the ayahuasca ceremony, you can have like thousand insights. So it can be, uh, it can be difficult to integrate them all, but the insights can come like every minute or every second. So that's why I think, uh, yeah, this is what I mean by the more deep experience or more uniting experience or more, yeah, it's just uh, a bit amplified than breath work. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Although breath work, maybe if uh, it's good because you, you really, you have one, let's say little experience and you have time to integrate it, especially if there is someone that you can integrate with no sense in it. The same with ayahuasca. What I love about my shaman is that there's comprehension therapy in the morning where you integrate all the insights that you get. Everything that you can remember, he helps you to integrate. The same with the breath work, yes? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think what I've learned about through my experience with my clients and the guests in the retreat, when it comes to this breath work, There have been people who didn't expect to have things come up and come out, and then they're left with this thing that they don't know how to deal with. And that's where I would say you don't even go into this without having someone to talk to about it. And usually I would recommend someone that that is a professional that you've worked with before, like your therapist or your, your psychologist. A great psychologist, I would say, is somebody who understands the talk therapy, but understands the power of alternatives, alternative therapies. And very often they combine them. And that's where we see like the best, the best results. Um, There's only so much you can get through with talk therapy. And then if you do the alternative therapies, such as the breath work or or the psychedelics, you may not know what to do with it. And that could be a very dangerous place. So my advice to anyone who's doing any kind of psychedelics or any kind of breath work in terms of holotropic breath work is please be prepared because, you know, something comes up and you don't know who to see you may not be so happy and been happier to have that kind of dug stuck down deep inside. Maybe I forgot about that issue because 
I need my brain needed to forget about that issue, but it is very powerful. But I do remember Marina, you told me about, I think it was the gut microbiome when it comes to psychedelics. I don't know if it's ayahuasca in particular, but what are the benefits for that? And maybe the immune system, what's going on there? Definitely is. I'm working um, with uh, profound screening of the body. Uh, I do microbiome tests and neurotransmitter and heavy metal. So I've done some tests on the people from the AVA Center where the retreats happens. And uh, I was uh, um, amazed by their state of microbiome. And they really had a very low counts of the bad bacteria, like Clostridias, uh, sulfur producing bacteria that might be like cancerogenic in the future. So, uh, yeah, the state of microbiome was definitely different. So, as the very strong alkaloid, the, the scientists are still looking what is the benefit of having those uh, plants, like liana tree and chacruna leaves, what is the benefits for the microbiome except a very high alkalinization? Although we have a different pH in the different parts of our body, but that's why such a cleanse can also kind of reset the microbiome. So, yeah, it was interesting to see the microbiome results of someone who, who did those kind of experiments. So those clients of yours that say, if you tested that after their experience, do they, do they start eating more healthy or do they stop sugar cravings or what kind of benefits are they seeing from this? Yeah, definitely. Like it depends how, how you integrate. If you've done the retreat with a, with a purpose, with an intention to uh, get yourself, get your health better, you, you can have the insights about what you should be doing. Uh, I can speak about myself. Like, for example, I had the parallel dermatitis and mm -hmm. Ceremony, I I saw that check your teeth, yes, and I did, and I went and I did the X-ray, and I really had an inflammation. So this is what I saw during the ceremony. I and kind of I I was trying with my knowledge, I was trying all the different things, but I simply forget to check the X-ray. I just did the cleanse of the teeth, like you know the hygiene, but I didn't check the check the X-ray. So. That's the example what I had, mm -hmm. but uh, the preference for the food is definitely different after the retreat. You kind of, even if you eat something unhealthy time to time, like really, like you understand the the nurturing benefit of the food and uh, yeah, just the. I, I think you become like a bit more genuine. And how long do these effects last? Well, in the morning you you wake up and you're absolutely normal. Obviously, the first day or the second day after, like what I did, but I pushed myself. Yes, I invited during the night, I invited the visions back. The, after one retreat, one particular retreat, for one week, I still had visions when I was going to bed and I was still processing. So that's why when we spoke about follow up or uh, comprehension therapy after the retreat, with ayahuasca or after the holotropic breath work, it's so important to have follow-up to someone to speak to. But with ayahuasca, the insights, they might come even after half year or a year. And I'm still like sometimes sitting and I have some such a strong insight coming. 
and I know that it's it's still from there. It's mm, <laughs> kind of coming. So, from. so I'm going to have to wrap up soon. I wanted to ask anyone who's here, if you have questions, please don't hesitate to ask. I've been hogging all the questions. You can either put them in the chat or unmute your microphone. There's no problem. I want to continue if there are no questions, but you can go ahead and keep, keep asking. Okay, let's say somebody wants to do this. They're, they're really into, they want to try, um, say, the, the psychedelics. I'm afraid that there's so many charlatans out there. There's, there's no regulation. And there's those fears that people have. What would you recommend to find someone that's trustworthy where they can go? And if anyone here who's listening, if you have your own um, recommendations or something that you've been through, um, please don't hesitate to share. I, I think uh, the good practice would be uh, that you can speak with someone from that organization where you want to go. Yes, to to just feel the connection. Uh, like I, I had the experience before I did my first retreat. I wanted to go to Ukraine with one beautiful spiritual teacher. and uh, But what made me afraid was that there they require you to sign the contract that there's no medical assistance would come if if there's a need kind of like if you i don't know if you get a really bad uh, trip yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and your heart rate gets low or wherever if you like you're really like having a seizure or whatever there's no medical help they will never bring you to the hospital and although with uh, with Italian retreat center was one of my first questions. Like if I need medical assistance, would you please call er, like emergency or you would bring me to hospital? They say, yeah, yeah, for sure. I even asked them, did you had experience with that, that somebody needed uh, to have a medical assistance? They say, yes, we recently, we brought one lady because she was uh, asking and we uh, followed her requirements, although she couldn't really explain why she needs to go to hospital, but she just really wanted to go to hospital and they brought her to hospital. So... It that was not- actually happened yeah, to one of my clients, just it wasn't the holotropic breath work, but it was the ice bathing that triggered something that she had issues before. And yeah, she went, nothing happened. She just went to the hospital. She was um, a very low blood pressure and, and having basically having an anxiety attack. And it didn't happen right after the ice bath. So that's why we, if, after my investigation, I don't think it had anything to do with the ice bath that happened in the evening after she was already in bed. So um, she woke up in the middle of the night and, and yeah, we would take her to the hospital and that's fine, but you never know. And, and, and it may be due to the breath work or, or an ice bath or whatever, but you don't really know unless you did a thorough investigation. But the good thing to know is that somebody would help you and get you to a hospital if you felt that that's what you needed. I want to let anyone who's here go if they want to go. I know there's a question, but I don't, I I know some people hang around. They don't want, they feel like they're they're impolite if they go, but if you have to go, please don't, don't worry. You can go. If you want to hang out, we're going to hang out for a little bit longer because we're going to answer David's question is on any thoughts on psilocybin. Also thoughts on any microdosing protocols. Yes. When we think about psychedelics and biohackers, we often think about these, about, yeah, microdosing psilocybin. The psilocybin is the uh, molecule from the magic mushrooms. And uh, it's definitely, if, if to compare with ayahuasca or DMT, I would say you need more skills to deal with magic mushrooms because like the visuals that you will see it's like 
even more. I don't really like the visual part because you need to concentrate and you go there with a mission, yes, with this uh, intention and, uh, and the visuals, sometimes they just appear and like it gets you lost. The whole uh, point is beyond the, the cartoons. Yeah, so the magic mushrooms, there are professors even from Harvard and other that speaks that you need a certain, let's say, uh, you need to be very, very stable and advanced to keep it up with magic mushrooms. But Although, a lot of people, as I understand, a lot of biohackers would go into that because it gives, um, it just puts the brain on overdrive, like in the sense that you have a lot of clarity, you can focus at work, new, new um, ideas may come to the brain to help yeah. resolve business problems or whatever. It sounds like a totally different, it's, it's a different, seems to me a different purpose. I don't know. That's the only times I've heard about psilocybin people using it, unless I'm, you know, other people are using it for something else, yeah. but maybe you can clarify that. You become very, very creative and you know what you're doing and you're very sharp. Yes. And the microdosing, in, in my opinion, to be very honest, it's, uh, let's say it's a cheating. Yeah. It's a because hack. It's a hack. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. <laughs> because I'm, I'm a big advocate of the private ceremonies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I see the benefit that it brings to the person when you went through the ceremony and you done you like you resolved all the issues and you became one with the world and you understood your mission for the future and like you're done everything around it like a microdosing or coming just for one ceremony is kind of it's the way to escape so microdosing as well like there are some studies that okay you kind of keep a little bit uh, like you're more calm more sharp and stuff like that but the issue why you're not calm and why you're not sharp this is the uh -huh. question so you're like and, saying yeah the ayahuasca would just get to the root of the problem or iboga i guess would get to the root of the problem and instead of yeah just sort of keep managing it it sounds like like meditation and i did an interesting podcast uh, with maria ashna who studies neuroscience and she was explaining how when the brain is in a very, so the, the, the podcast was about creativity. When the brain is in a very calm state, like I don't remember if it's the alpha state or something and it's, and it's, that's where the creativity comes in. So what I do now with my clients who are creative at night and they want to create good sleep hygiene, they don't want to stay up till three in the morning when, when they're most creative, right? We try to replicate this by doing a little bit of breath work and get into a meditative state. And when they're in this state, the creativity comes, the answers come and problem solving happens. So in, in the terms of, yeah, I mean, you could do the microdosing, but it sounds a little bit also like getting into that state out the state with, with the breath work and meditation. And again, it's kind of like it just to choose your, your poison in that sense, you're still not getting to the root of the problem, but at least it helps resolve some things and can decide which way you want to go. But I think the, I always like less invasive, cheaper and free, actually free, free or cheaper options. And, uh, and I really like the, the fact that we can tap into this. It just, maybe it's a little harder, right? It's like taking, you know, taking a, a pill to, I guess, reduce the pain rather than opening up your shoe and seeing there's a rock in there. And let's just get the rock out and we can start walking normal again without pain. Right. And that's yes. where the, the, oh, can you tell us briefly a little about the iboga and ayahuasca and what are those differences? 
Well, if uh, if ayahuasca is usually called as a mother or a grandmother, so abuelita, it's very, um, it, it's like mother. It's cuddling. Uh, it's it it's kind. It can, uh, yeah, it can open you different doors in, in your brain. Yes, in your magic box, and it can invite you like, come here, come take a look, or or there's another door. Like, choose your door. Through any door you will go, you will you will have your path. You will have what you need to have for that certain moment. Yes, and uh, iboga from from that perspective, it's very straight and it goes to the root cause. And it's very straight. It's like a dad. It's like a father. So it goes straight to the fears, to the guilt, to the all all shadows. Do you drink something or smoke something? What is iboga? Yeah, it's as well. It's a drink, just it's from Africa. It's from uh, Gabon uh, origin, yes. So I've never done it, so I cannot really comment on that one. Just the, the really the molecule ibogaine is really used a lot and uh, in different um, hospitals, yes, um, for the really uh, severe uh, addictions like heroin. Do you know the substance exactly? Yeah, it's an ibogaine. It's called oh. like this. Yeah. And it comes from a tree, a bush, frog. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to check honestly. Like I think it's also a bush. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really following the tribes that are doing that in Africa. It's from one other shaman that I know. The ceremony looks amazing, but just his experiences, he told me, he said that after that, you needed to, he needed to relearn how to walk again. That's uh, that's intense. So anybody wants to learn more about ayahuasca or psychedelics, please get in touch with Marina. She is available on Instagram. It's easy to find her, marina.biohacker.monaco. Um, and she's also got a website, um, ecomarinamatkova.wixsite.com forward slash ecomonaco. And her contact information on email is ecomonaco at gmail.com. If you're interested in a consultation, because she is a, uh, she's got her master's in nutrition and health science. So she's, you can find her uh, as well at these places. And if you say hack my age, she gives you 20% off. And if you want to have part of the ceremony in Italy, I think this is the one that you go to. I, I mean, if you do one, I would say <laughs> go with someone who's experienced it. Definitely contact Marina for, for learning more about this private ceremony in the, what's the name of this retreat? The retreat center is near the um, uh, Arona Lake, uh, uh, near the Arona. It's a uh, lake in Italy, like not far from Monaco. So, but I'm more for the private ceremonies that happens wherever the client wants. So it's, it's two different things like to go to the group ceremonies or to have a private ceremony. So I'm, for the moment, I'm more concentrating on really private ceremonies. Mm. Uh, group ceremonies in my opinion it's uh yeah it's more fun but it's not so deep and uh, rather save the money and do the real thing mm. super interesting and and you i want to share a little bit what you do in your consultations you said you have a seven wellness package what is what is that exactly how do people learn more about it there's definitely more than seven packages but uh, the my favorite tests and that i offer to my clients are a microbiome test 
So we see all good bacteria, bad bacteria, the level of inflammation in the guts. And it's very interesting to see what is really inside of, of you and uh, how your microorganisms are, which families and which uh, amounts and how many good bacteria you you have that can protect your immunity and how is your digestion working because we can check the residues of the digestive juices so we can really see how works your uh, pancreas how works uh, your liver and uh, how do you digest sugars and proteins and, and is there enough water in your stool like uh, People are, you know, sometimes they're, oh, I'm constipated. And then they really have problems with their bacteria and the water. Yeah, so that's one of the package. The second is neurotransmitters that I absolutely love. And there you see breakthrough from the little test that is just the morning urine that is sent away to Germany. And then we get the answer in like one week and we can see the level of serotonin, level of dopamine, uh, level of noradrenaline and uh, GABA, the one of the very important neurotransmitters. Also, it's life-changing because like we really can balance neurotransmitters and uh, and people just feel uh, better. They have more energy if they were lacking dopamine and they feel better if you correct their serotonin level. And also sometimes it's interesting because uh, if you are lacking serotonin, you will have very high dopamine that will compensate. Yes. And it's also not good. And uh, yes. So then, for example, it's the, the treatment would be to lower foods that contain blocks for the dopamine to be created. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. There's so many variations. Uh, I'm also a big fan of heavy metal detox, and uh, I'm checking the heavy metals, 38 heavy metals in the urine. The biggest problems are for sure with mercury and arsenic, uh, but it's kind of easy to change with a diet. Like you just don't eat big fish and uh, you slow down. You take care of your dental health check your like, uh, old amalgams. Yeah, so mercury usually goes pretty quickly away if you do something around it. Yeah, mm -hmm. arsenic is already more difficult. Like you, if you eat all bio uh, clean food, uh, still it can be on some veggies and uh, arsenic is very, very popular. Yes, but it's still, we can, we can do also the detox from, from that. But there are some rare heavy metals that uh, it's very interesting to find out where they came from. And one of my VIP clients, we couldn't find out like where she gets the heavy metals from. And in the end was that she flies her own helicopter like several times a week. So she had uh, like helicopters has really excessive uh, like exposure in their uh, vehicle or in the so somewhere in the helicopter there's a big radiation of heavy metals mm -hmm. yes heavy metals then uh, cortisol in saliva you know it's so good to check your cortisol just spit three times a day in the morning in the noon and in the evening and uh, we can see the graph so as you know how cortisol is important in the sugar metabolism and the stress management yes so the usual picture that 
it's very low cortisol in the morning. So kind of you don't have power in the morning. Yes. So that's why it's so important to stretch in the morning, you know, like make those uh, adrenal glands moving, like to put <laughs> cortisol. Yeah. And of course, it's bad if in the evening there's like higher cortisol than normal. This, this test is not expensive. It's like around uh, hundred euros and and it gives a lot of information uh, the same is with the melatonin we can check melatonin and saliva in the evening and we can see what to do about it and what's your dosage of melatonin that you need to take yeah it's very important for the women as it is also anti-aging properties yeah and so what I forgot estrogen metabolites totally important for all women and also a man. Yes, uh, it's a urine test and it shows different fractions of uh, estrogens and the ones that are protective and the ones that are kind of bad ones and can cause some cancer. Yes, so that's that's in- interesting to see. And uh, yeah, I usually my, give to my patients three to four of these tests and obviously blood work and uh, that comes for sure by definition but uh, yeah more profound testing is always welcome and you get curious about yourself and it's very motivating to see the results and to know for sure scientifically what to do about it so what do you want to do <laughs> super interesting so all of these can be done from abroad. You don't have to actually meet Marina to do this. You just would consult with her. So if you have any questions about them and you want to learn more, please get in touch with her. Is the best way to get in touch with you on Instagram or how should people? My phone number, but it wouldn't appear in the, I I can text my phone number in the chat, but if somebody finds me on my Instagram, there's a link to my uh, phone number as well to the WhatsApp chat. Okay. Is there anything else that we haven't covered you or a message you'd like to, to tell or anything you'd like to share before we go? Share something from your side. Like it's so ex- amazing for me to have someone like you who is interested in, in, in like uh, all alternative and the standard medicine and the health coaching. So Say what is your mission in this world so far? (laughs) Well, the mission in this podcast is to compare these two very interesting alternative therapies. I believe that they can really move you to the next level. If you have tried it all, if you've tried so many things, they appear to be safe. However, you need to know where to go to get it. So I'm always about safety and efficacy. So do your due diligence in terms of finding out where to do an ayahuasca ceremony or where to do a breathwork um, experience. Also, yeah, because when you find out that a good place has been recommended, usually it should be working, at least it worked for somebody. And don't give up just because it doesn't work with one person, you can always go to another. So my message to people out there who are looking for answers for their health issues is to don't ever give up. Even when the doctor says your blood work looks fine, it's all good, but you don't feel good. I'm sorry, you got to keep going. (laughs) Don't take just, oh, it's normal, you're aging, you're getting older for an answer. Aging is an option. So don't take an answer that you're not happy with and keep digging deeper. That's my message. (laughs) 
Yes, the only limit, uh, the sky has no limit, that's for sure. Reach with, uh, with uh, ayahuasca or holotropic breathing and anything else, and even simple meditation can bring you also sky high, that's for sure. Oh, well, um, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge. Thank you, everyone who's been sitting around for the whole, whole, whole time. I'm, I'm so glad that you, you came and thanks so glad you stayed. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your questions too. There's more, more Zoom calls. If you haven't signed up to the Hack My Age newsletter yet, just go to hackmyage.com. There's a newsletter there. You'll get informed or follow on Instagram or Facebook. Always Hack My Age and you will find out for the next Zoom calls. And if you have an idea, please don't hesitate to give me your ideas. So take care. Have a good day. Good night. Good morning, wherever you are. And I'll see you next time. Thank you, Marina. Have a nice day. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. Statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.